Hi, you're listening to episode 20 of The Acid Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Sunday, December 29th. Can you believe 20 episodes? That just, like, sunk in. Wow. No, that's bananas. That's and crazy. this is our last episode of 2017. Yes. And um, um, Preeti is a little bit under the weather. Yes. Um, and you will probably hear a little bit of background noise on my end, and that is because I have a space heater running because my house does not have heat, and it is 15 <laughs> degrees outside and 55 degrees in my house. And so, yes, space heater. So sorry oh, about that. It's terrible. Things are 2017 going out with a bang. I know. I've, I know. I've been deathly ill for like a week. We've had to postpone our recording because I just was not. You you didn't you wouldn't want to hear me yeah. the way I've sounded the last few days. Yeah. Um, and something is freezing to death. So so basically, cool. Yay, this 2017. Right. Yay! Um, but no, in all seriousness, we started this podcast in February of this year, and. This is really cool. This is really cool. Like, I didn't even think about that this is a 20th episode, but, like, you know, originally, I think we've talked about it before, but we've been wanting to do a podcast for, like, two years, and I was just like, I cannot with, like, a weekly thing. And then finally, Preeti was like, it doesn't have to be weekly. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't. And then so we started it once a month, and then we loved it so much. Now it's basically, I think the twice a month thing is standard at this point. Yeah. regular episode, and then one, we'll watch something, and... We'll just talk about what we're doing that isn't our specific fandoms, and we know this is, like, almost a Star Wars podcast at this point. But that's okay. That's fine. We love it. We also talk about other stuff. Um, Thank you, all of you who listen and engage with us and have have joined us every other week or however many times we've recorded over the year. We really, really appreciate the support. Um, And when we started this, we were like, just our friends are going to listen. And now we've met so many new people. Yes. So um, there, we might get a little mushy at the end, but we will we'll start sure off will. with being mushy too. Um, okay. So we're going to start off with standard stuff, some news. Um, so one thing someone asked us about, we did, this is kind of a, it's not a call-in show because people aren't calling in, but it's email-in <laughs> and tweet-in show, I guess. Yeah. Um, so somebody asked us to talk about, to, if we had talked about the Star Trek Quentin Tarantino news and we had not. Uh-huh. And that's just basically because I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far what has come out is that Quentin Tarantino is interested in directing a Star Trek movie. I think it was initially interested in writing, but now it looks like it might be going into some sort of produ- early production with the screenwriter for that Leonardo DiCaprio bear movie. And I don't remember the name of that movie. The Revenant. Yes, the that Revenant. movie. Um, and so this looks like it could be happening. Um, I have no idea. Right now, it's not even clear if this would be like in the Kelvin universe, which is what J.J. Abrams' universe is called, or like Patrick Stewart's indicated interest in coming back to the franchise if Quentin Tarantino was directing. Um, I have no idea what this is going to look like. And as a longtime Star Trek fan, I am very skeptical. Yep. But that it's all, just, it's weird. I, I don't. Just because they did Logan doesn't mean that they need to do an R. An, did Logan no. Did well. Doesn't mean they need to do an R rated version. I don't need an R rated version of Star Trek in the same way that I don't need an R rated version of Doctor Who. Yeah. No. Like, I don't need it. Why do we, I don't, I just, I don't want this. No, I do not want this. But that being said, I'm just actively not thinking about it because if it comes out, I will go see it because I am a Star Trek fan. And sure. at the end of the day, I will take any kind of Star Trek, even a kind I don't like, 
over not having it, which is, that's the kind of fan I am, I understand. Other people would rather just have nothing to do with it. I will see it, and I will tell you how terrible it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of, I just, I don't want to think about it, because I have no control over this process, and if I think about it, I will stress out about why I don't want it to happen. Um, I mentioned Doctor Who, and yeah, three, four days ago, saw the End of Capaldi and the beginning of Jodie Whittaker. Which um, I am not a big Who watcher, but I'm super excited about this, obviously, for obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah, I've had a lot of trouble. Like, I'm not I'm not a Stephen Moffat, a showrunner fan. I think he had some great episodes under Russell T. Davies. Um, but his run on the show has just been marked by bizarre characterizations and I've heard he's terrible when it comes to women he does not know how to write women and it is so frustrating he writes the same woman over and over and over um and he doesn't take that criticism well which is also frustrating yeah but uh I tried so hard to watch the Capaldi who like I really really tried and it just didn't pull me in and I just found it to be like fairly uninteresting um and so which is I sad because like, peter capaldi is I love, a great yeah, actor i love peter capaldi and so i was when he got announced as a doctor i was pretty excited even though even back then i was like cool still yeah. no women still no people of color um and so when they announced jodie whittaker i kind of like lost my shit a little bit uh and so i watched admittedly i did not watch the entire episode um because I just didn't want to watch another doctor dealing with himself, which I know the twist, whatever. Uh, but I did watch the sequence where Jodie Whittaker appears, and I have to tell you, it was like, I got goosebumps, I'm so excited, I cannot wait to see now where is, the series goes. Is Bill still the companion? I don't know, actually. I don't think she was in the Christmas episode. Okay. It didn't seem like... Because I was going to uh, say, like, a woman doctor and a woman of color as the companion would be incredible. And a but, queer, queer woman of oh, color. Oh, okay, queer woman of like, color. But that would be amazing, but, like, also, it's Doctor Who, and I don't know that I tr- that they will do be that progressive at once. Um, I mean, I don't know. And, and there's a new showrunner. Um, That's good news. Yeah, Stephen Moffat's gone. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who is the new... Chris Chris Chipnall, I think. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's another dude, so... Uh, yeah. We'll see. Maybe we'll it'll see. be great. Yeah. I'm excited. I'll be watching. I think it's probably going to premiere in April. I'm pretty sure that's when it comes out. But Jodie Whittaker in the, like, two-minute sequence we got of her was... Just, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see how this changes the way Doctor Who goes. And, I mean, it's a new chance for a bunch of young, like, young women and girls to, like, watch, you know, find another role model on TV in, like, a classic sci-fi franchise. And I think that's amazing. It's very exciting. Um, uh, What's next? Um, Let's talk about Salad and Ahmed for a little while. Yes. Um, he is, if you don't follow him on Twitter, which we are, we are Twitter friends with him, but, um, I don't, have you ever met him? 
No, we've not met in real life. Yeah, so we haven't either. Um, I think we tried to make something happen at NYCC this year, and it didn't. Just two bananas. But he's been, like, doing some great comics work, so we just wanted to shout mm-hmm. that out a little bit. Um, if you've been paying attention to the best of year-end lists um, for comics, his comic, which is Black Bolt, and it's art by Christian Ward, which if you have read Matt Fraction and Christian Ward's Odyssey, which is an all-female retelling of the Odyssey, but it's spelled O-D-Y hyphen C, um, you'd be familiar with his work. And while I'm not a huge reader of that comic because it's kind of grotesque, and that's not my style of... That's not usually what I'm into. His art, Ward's art, is... Like, I mean, just stunning. Like, it is worth picking up that just to see the art. Um, And so I was really excited when he was paired with Saladin on on this, on the Black Bolt comic. And that... The comic has just, I feel like it's been flying under a ra- the radar yeah, a little bit this year, but it has made, I think, consistently almost every comic best of list I've seen, which is amazing. Yeah, people are really happy with the writing, they're really happy with the artwork, and it's it's really exciting to see this. Um, Celine's just very vocal and very smart and, and prolific. He's, he's incredibly prolific with his writing. Uh, and in that vein, he has a new comic coming out with Boom called Abbott. Um, which they sent us the first issue, and it's super intriguing. Yeah, you've read it, right? I read it, yeah, I read it this morning. Um, it's set in 1972. It's not, it's not superhero, it's not capes, it's, um, but it is supernatural. Uh, so it's set in the 70s in Detroit. Um, the lead is this black woman, um, she's an investigative reporter named Abbott, and it seems like from the story she has some sort of supernatural abilities oh it's not clear what that is yet um where she can kind of sense a dark being or 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 malevolent energies or something or maybe some sort of spider sense type of um power but she is working these cases and of course it's you know it's like a 22 page issue so all i got was the lead into what the story is going to be but it's really compelling you know she's working at a time when there was a lot of unrest in that city. It's like at the time, just I write it at the time or just prior to of the great white flight from Detroit to the okay. suburbs. Um, and so it's a lot of like police corruption and brutality and, and the tr- truth to power and that sort of storylines that are happening. Relevant. Yes. It's incredibly relevant um, despite being set in the seventies, because as we know, like history isn't always. Yep. It repeats done. itself. Um, repeats itself. These things have never gone away. They've just, they just go in waves. And, uh, oh, the, and by the way, I just looked up the artist. It's Sam, Sami Kivela. I, yes. I might have butchered that and I am sorry, but anyway, um, yeah. So just Sal- Saladin is doing great work. He's, um, he, I, I, I don't know. Just wanted to, Shout out like you go shout it out. out. Yeah, go because check it out. That's what we do. South Asians. It's what we yeah. Do. yeah. Um now on to the, the main crux of this episode, which is the expanse. Yes. Uh, one of our it, this is a Patreon a Patreon request actually. So one of our ten dollar uh benefactors, our yes. patrons, requested that we watch the first three episodes of The Expanse. And so here we are. So I know you'd already seen it, right? I had already. So I have read the first, I think, f- this book. The series is based on the um, Expanse 
novels by James S. A. Corey, which is a pseudonym for a writing team that who I can't remember right now, but it's a duo that of two men that write this series, and it's I think six or seven books in now. I've read the first four. The first is Leviathan Wakes. I love the series. I love the books. I had really high expectations for the show when I watched it. I've only seen the first season because, as I have told you all many times, I'm terrible at TV. Um, but, yeah, I love the show, too. And so I think it really measures up to the books. And so, But you have neither read the books nor no. seen the TV show. I had no idea what the show was about okay. going into it. Um, I actually, weirdly, don't watch a ton of sci-fi television which is crazy because i feel like you watch everything i know You've seen, I, like I, everything yeah like i watched battlestar galactica back in the day i didn't finish it mm. um it had some I, spots yeah i was watching it ooh, back in the days of like tv.co.uk and so when that site died, I was just like, well, I don't know how to watch this because it was before Hulu and, uh, and Netflix had yeah. streaming and all those things. Um, and well, that was probably the last like big sci-fi show I watched. Well, I mean, and I that is very, I feel like it, this is a kind of, in some ways, a spiritual successor. Like there's a lot like in common. It has, they have a lot in common, I think, the two shows. Um, yeah. Just in terms of tone yes, and visuals. I agree. I agree. Because, yeah, I mean, the, other, the, the sci-fi shows that I do watch are very CW. It's mm-hmm. like The 100, you know? It's very, like, it's more character-focused, right, I think, and right. more, more dra- relationship-drama-focused than necessarily like the sci-fi aspects of it. The only shows I've reliably watched over the past decade are, are shows set in space. Like, that, like yeah. chances well, are... That's because I like shows with kissing. Yeah, and, like... And you don't care. I don't care. <laughs> we'll actually get into that like later on when during our fan segment but like um yeah i just i i am my for everything for me is like a lot of it is just based in like space and science and i just don't really care about anything else so um but yeah so what did you think i i've kind of i i love this show i will say that what did you think so for people who don't know what it is, The Expanse is, from what I gathered based on these three episodes, uh, a show where it's set 200 years in the future and Mars has been colonized and Earth and Mars are, they're not battling, but they're sort of in the stalemate for resources um, and they're pulling resources from Saturn and the people who do that are on like they're in some planet. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop you. <laughs> Thank so, you. So, so like, I was like, I was just watching. So I, was, I was just watching her, like in the expressions on her face. Okay, so the premise is Earth and Mars. That is, yeah, Earth and Mars are both colonized. They're in a stalemate. We have colonized the outer, basically um, colonized parts of the solar system <laughs> at this point, um, and most of Mars's resources and as well as the outer res- outer planet's resources come from the asteroid belt. So there's a station on Ceres, which is the largest, um, I believe Ceres is actually qualified as a dwarf planet, not an asteroid. But anyway, it's the largest body in our asteroid belt and there's a space station there and people mine ice basically from the solar system and the asteroid belt and bring it into Ceres for processing for, for water, basically is the 
that's kind that's of the, the premise. premise. Yes. And so we're following people on Earth, people who actually mine that ice, and people who are on the the dwarf planet series. Yes. I appreciate you letting me try to explain no, it. No, I, mean, I was just like, I, it, I am, because I knew the prep log. Obviously, it's different when you wa- read a book because I knew the premise going into the show. Yeah. So it's curious to see, like, how well does the show on its own establish this stuff? I feel like if you watch shows like this, you would probably get a better handle it. But I watch shows like this and I don't, I only sort of pay attention to the science That's of it. Which is fair. Like, I really watch for the characters and, um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little slow. Like, it, it hasn't quite pulled me in. Yeah. Um, I tend to give shows like this, like, six episodes to, to get me hooked. And uh, I do think that the actors are compelling and the storylines are compelling. It's just a little slow. Yeah, I agree. I, hundred, I think it is definitely slow, and it's not clear. I can't remember. I mean, I... I watched the first episode, three episodes of this, and then I watched the rest of it because I do love this. <laughs> so it's it, like I'm going to I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say I think at this point it's not clear that um, how these storylines really are intersect. Like they're starting to intersect. Yeah. But it's still very three disparate storylines that you're trying to figure out. Yeah, because you've got, like, so on series, you've got, like, Thomas Jane's character... Miller. Miller, uh, who is a police detective, but he's there on behalf of the Earth government or Earth Corporation or something, so I can't really tell if he's governmental or or corporate, um, who is chasing this missing girl, whose name I can't remember. Julie Mao. Julie Mao. Yeah. Uh, I almost said Julie Dow, who's a writer. Yeah. But Julie Good Mack, book, though. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got Holden. Yeah, who's played by Stephen Strait, who you may recognize from the movie Sky High. Oh, I was going to say, wasn't he in The Covenant? I don't know, probably. He was in the, he, but he was also in the movie Sky High. He's very cute. He is very he's, cute. He's, he's attractive. Um, though he, he glowers a lot. Holden is kind of an idiot. Just yeah. generally. And that's like, that's a character. Like, that's a character trait. Like, he kind of, he just rushes into things without thinking. He's, a, he's he clearly is the, like, rough around the edges guy with the right. good heart. He, and he's the guy who wasn't really, he's not cut out to be a leader. But it's circumstances. But they're have forcing kind of, him into, like, leadership positions. Right. I mean, it's a trope, but it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate how diverse the show is. Like, yeah. it's incredibly diverse, which is awesome. Because it's the future. Like, yeah. why would every, you know? So it, it reflects, you know, there's, and it's not just racial diversity. There's LGBTQ rep, too, which is awesome. And um, um, I don't know if you've gotten to Bobby yet. I don't know who that okay, is. Okay, so you haven't gotten there yet. But, like, it's also, there's a lot, there's not, at this point, I don't think there's a ton of women there's some no. women. They're not there a ton. Are. More will be introduced. And they're all, and what I appreciate it is they're all kick-ass in their own way. Like, they're not all one cut out of a mold of a kick-ass woman. Like, yeah. Chris Jen is, like, you know Chris Jen now, and you know mm-hmm. Naomi. And they're both, like, cutting, like, hard, like, awesome women, but in very yeah. different ways. 
Yeah. And I, I do appreciate that this show is just filled with smart women. And um, you haven't mm-hmm. gotten there yet in the first three episodes, but there are more to come. And the books are the same way. Like, I just appreciate that, like, it is. I, 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 I have characterized these books before as Game of Thrones set in space, but no raping of women. Like, the, Which the, is really nice. Yeah. Like, the, the nice. not, not rapey. Like, it's, like, I just it's 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 good like i i do appreciate that shouldn't uh, be that shouldn't be that high of a standard and like, yes, come on we like are. really like like no raping is the standard for like writing good women which is not the women are better than that but like still like that makes me mad it's it's a little frustrating yeah. i yeah i did enjoy the show i mean sometimes the the look of these shows does get a little repetitive yeah it's for a, me like of the, the like I'd like to see, you know, why is everything so, like, gray and muted all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like even on Earth, the colors are pretty muted. Even, like, I know Kris Jen shows up in her sadi, and, like, the sadis are, like, pretty and have the materials. But it still all feels very muted to me, which is also, I think, a reason that I have trouble watching these shows sometimes. Because I... I'm like a child and I react to color. That's fair. I mean, um, yeah, no, it is. The whole show is muted. And I think that's on purpose, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's, I'm of sure course, it's a stylistic a choice. Especially because I think it's highlighting, like, just there's no color in space. And it's just a gray, bleak. Why isn't there color in space, there though? Is? Why are spaceships always so, like, I always think of, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with the Heart of Gold. I'm like, what? Do it up, man. I think probably because color is expensive and um, in turn, not in, like, I mean, my my view would be a like, um, like color on a starship, like doing a starship in color would be expensive. Um, and these are like, you know, old, gross, you know, junk I colors know. that like, they're not, they don't care about aesthetics. Camp it up. Give me some, like, bright, obnoxious. I want, like, the brightest, most obnoxious ship to show up and everyone be like, yo. I know. I need. I need like that? a. I like. I need like an interior designer for like spaceships now. Yes. Like you think about because yeah, it's the same. And I get it. I mean, I know there are like realistic reasons as to why it's represented as such. Yeah. But you think about the famous spaceships, and they're basically all the same color. Yeah. And it's like. If we can do cars in a million different colors. <laughs> Why can't we do spaceships? Have some fun with it. That's Especially, yeah. Um, it's funny that in Star Wars, the ships aren't more colorful. Because Star Wars doesn't care about science either. Right. Star Wars doesn't care about science at Millennium all. Falcon should be, like, purple. Yes. <laughs> Give me my ridiculously campy, bright, obnoxious spaceship or- in a... Very serious sci-fi drama. We're gonna show. get hate mail now. <laughs> I can't wait. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I I enjoyed the first three episodes. I think the like intrigue is interesting. Yeah, you know, I do. I, I do. I will say, I really like the. So one thing that that I really like, like one of my big things, is near term sci-fi like not stuff like we've been exploring conquering the galaxy for like hundreds of years but the stuff that's like how do we do that like right. how are we building a colony how and this is a, a couple of steps past that like clearly we already have already colonized but there's a lot of like we're trying to put and you'll see more of this later on the show but we're trying to push into the outer planets we're trying to go beyond and like set up 
colonies on like you know saturn's moons and jupiter's mm-hmm. moons and stuff like that and how do we do that and like i really appreciate that this is dealing with natural resources are are going to be like paramount and the conflict between earth and mars is based on natural resources like that's like if this was happening like the way this would happen isn't i actually wrote about this over on tour.com like i think like last year but just like the colon the way the colonization is going isn't probably how it would actually go in terms of um like how we would colonize but the challenges we would face are Mm -hmm. well depicted in this i think I just think it's interesting because I don't know. I like a show where we're three episodes in and I don't know who to trust. Yes. Like, I appreciate that in writing where I don't think Holden knows anything, but he's the only one I'm sure of, you know? Yeah. Holden is the only one I'm sure of where I'm like, you don't know anything. Because you're you're a little bit, you're too dumb. You're you're too, you're just too, like, everything shows up on your you're face. Like you're not, yes, you're earnest. too earnest. And so everyone else, though, like, I didn't see when Alex, the pilot, was like, oh, I was in the Mars Navy for 20 years. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. And then when they, I think in the third episode, when they say, like, Naomi is working for the OPA. Yeah. Which is the Outer Planets Alliance, which is a sort of governing body for everything past, you know, like, like everything past Mars and, you know. But they call it a terrorist. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and you don't know, is she like, a, is she could have be, no idea. Like she could, you know? And so I appreciate, there's a lot of moral gray in mm-hmm. this, um, which I appreciate. I think it's good writing. Yeah. I was a little sad that they, every time they say, said, um, what's his name? Jay. In the first three episodes. Yeah. I know who you're talking about and I can't, I can't remember his name. Hold on. Is it? Jay Hernandez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they kept saying he was a guest star, and mm-hmm. I was like, "He's gonna die. He's gonna die." Because I like him. Yeah, I love um, him. And then they kill him in just this awful way. He's like this little puppy the whole episode, like the whole time. And then they like shove a dart through his chest I'm and stick to... him to a wall. Oh, I can't remember. I, I'm, I'm looking and I can't remember his name. Dimitri. Dimitri. Yes, Dimitri. Yeah. Um, but I do like, yeah, I agree. I like Jay Hernandez a lot. He was really Yeah, good. so I was a little sad that he he died so quickly. And then one thing I also appreciated was the depiction of the Belters. Like, yeah. Like, you would. You would develop differently if you'd grown up not under Earth's different gravity. gravity right. right. And you would. And I really appreciate that. Like, that's in it. And that's in the books. But it's like an attention to detail and science that... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like every sci-fi show, everything science fiction has to adhere exactly to science because, like, I see people trying to, you know, like, talk about the science of Star Wars. And I'm like, that show has never been about science. No, it's magic. Or the, that mo- those movies have never... Yeah, no, it's... It, these are, like, a lot of what people... People think that anything based in space is science fiction, and no, those there are space fantasies and space operas, and those aren't based in science because... Um, they, you, you can have a fantasy that's set in space because right. so science sci-fi is supposed to kind of at least have some basis in science in scientific fact right and the show does like not everything certainly but I I, I I do like the part of my brain that enjoys sci-fi because of the science is it, continually mm-hmm. delighted by this show yeah it's 
it's, I mean, I don't know anything. So to me, I'm like, this seems real. Um, but it feels very lived in and, and even like yeah. creating the culture and the language for the belters was fascinating because they've been there. Of course they would create their own, right? Yeah. It would it morph out of various languages as all these people came together. Um, yeah, it was all just really fascinating. I like do. If, I agree, agree. Like with what you said, that it feels lived in, and I agree. And I think that's a good way to like. That's a. I think I was trying to articulate and couldn't think of a way to say it. But yeah, like I just appreciate that this is a universe we're being dropped into. Yeah, and so much. I think I'll, I'll probably keep watching um, to see where it goes because I have no idea. I yeah. I'm not a big science fiction reader, so I have not read those books. If you are reading the books and don't want to want to read the books and not catch up um, to, like, not have the story spoiled for you, I believe this um, first season only takes the first half of the first book. Except I did read that they introduce Christian early. Yes, they do. I think Christian's right? not until, she like, the, show up to, like, the third fourth book, book or something. Yeah, she shows up in the third book. But generally speaking, and her her storyline, I can tell, is just being expanded, from what I can tell, um, and, like, stretched. But generally speaking, the Holden Miller stuff from this book is the first half of the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are taking it slow, which also I appreciate. Like, in some ways, having read Game of Thrones before I watched the series, um... I mean, they started introducing stuff from the fifth book in, like, the third season. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so funny because you look at adaptations and book-to-TV adaptations, they're always so interesting to me, especially, like, if the series isn't finished because it's sort of like anime and manga. Yeah. Where if a man- if an anime starts catching up to the manga, they start to just write their own story. Which and is, there's nothing like, wrong with that no. necessarily. But I also feel like it's too much of a rush to get to the end without, like, appreciating yeah. what made people like the books in the first place. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so, but, yeah, I'm but not going to read these books. No, I mean, they're long. And so if, like, if it's, you know, you have enough to read for work and this is not, you know. No, but I might keep watching the show. Yeah, but the books are really good. I do recommend them if you're interested in sci-fi. And I believe, and, like, I know a lot of I am getting to be similar at this point where a lot of people don't want to start a series until it's kind of it's over and i believe the book that's releasing next year is the last in the series and so um i mean these are like 500 page 600 page books so you oh my can probably God. start now and read slowly and like yeah they're long they're really really they're how many are there six or seven Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not. It's it's, and I highly recommend them. And I do think that if you haven't given the show a chance, I don't feel like we've spoiled anything. So you could even watch the first three episodes, and there's a lot. There's we've talked. I feel like very broadly, and we didn't really focus on plot. So you can watch the first three episodes and yeah. Like, um, but uh, I do feel like this. In, in addition to Star Trek Discovery, these are the two best sci-fi shows currently on TV. Yeah, I think I'll definitely keep watching. Um, so if you enjoy Star Trek Discovery, I think you'll like this. If you like this, I mean, you, I can't get through an episode without plugging Star Trek Discovery. So if you like this, go watch <laughs> Star Trek Discovery because I love it. And it's coming back on January 9th and I'm so excited. Um, uh, two, two quick asides that are semi-related but not really related. Uh, I read a manuscript of a break that I can't say what the name is, but I will say that I thought it was the last book in a trilogy. 
And as I was reading it and reading it, there's like 20 pages left. And I was like, man, how is he, how is he going to do it? How is he going to finish everything? And then he didn't. And I realized there's at least one more book. And I'm so sad. I did that with Maggie Steefader, Steefader. Oh, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Steve, we'll go Steve Vater. Uh, oh, Steve Vater. Steve Vater. Okay. Yeah. I did that with Maggie Steve Vater's Raven Cycle. I thought the third book was the no, last book in the series. Four. I didn't realize it was because, you know, YA trilogy, you know, I, I made know. that. Oh, I got so mad. They're I mean, I didn't because those books are so good, but like, yeah, I got so mad. Uh, second aside was when I uh, applied to be an intern uh, at a publishing house, one of my assignments to like, get the job was I had to do a reader's report on Werner Vinge's A Fire Upon the Deep, which is this like 800, it's maybe it's not even 800 pages. All I remember is that it was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of like hard sci-fi. Oh, oh my God. I wish I still had my copy with my red pen where I was just like, cut, cut, cut. Oh, it was Awful, and I feel like that like just burned sci-fi for me so badly. That's fair. I mean, um, I will say though, if and I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you on this because I know you don't. But just for people, if you are kind of not sure where to start with sci-fi and hard sci-fi turns you off, this is actually the series is actually a really good place to start. Yeah, it feels like this is much more character-driven in TV, both in TV and books-wise. Like this is a good, like it is. It's much more character-driven. If you liked Battlestar Galactica, like I said, I think this you will probably like this series. Um, Yeah. Well, thanks to I Ben Perry Smelly, yes, who has for been, recommending the book or the show. Um, he, he has been one of our faithful patrons for a very, I think, since we. Launched into the Patreon. the Patreon, yeah. So um, we don't currently have any ten dollars slots available. If but if you well, one will free up after this. Um, well, or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not. Or, um, for a little later in the spring. Yeah, we'll probably have some opening up in like March. To, um, I would think. Um, if not, maybe. You know, keep an eye out. We'll tweet it when we have one available. So, um, but we have some exciting things coming up from our ten dollars yes. um, consumer request, which we're excited about. Uh, uh, so yeah, now on to our listener, listener questions. questions. Okay, we, we sort of decided last minute. I was like, "Hey, what if we just saw what people wanted to ask?" Because we didn't have a lot to talk about on this episode, you know, year end and all that. And it seemed like a nice way to wrap up the year. Okay, so we got a bunch of questions, so we'll just start going through them. Um, and some of these questions are, um, I'm excited to get to them. Okay, so okay, first we'll um, from Uma. Um, so this is a Star Wars question. She says, at the end of the podcast, you guys say you're not sure where the story will go in the next movie. Do you think they'll show us Ray's journey, finding her crystals and making her own, own lightsaber? Um, and then what do you think Ray's new lightsaber will look like? Ooh. So I think that Ray will actually, my personal like headcanon theory, we'll see what happens, is that Ray's going to use the lightsaber from the Anakin Luke broken saber, that's going to be her crystal. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, and maybe what not. What if it's white? What if it's white like oh, Ahsoka? Oh, I hope it's white. So in, I hope it's white. In, the, in Rebels, um, Ahsoka's lightsabers are white because she, she is still a force user, a force user of the light side, but does not consider herself a Jedi. Yeah. And so it would be really cool if it's it kind of the gray really Jedi cool. thing that we talk about. So it'd be really cool. Um, I don't think her new lightsaber will be double-bladed. No. 
But I do think it will have a long hilt because she favors kind of a staff. That makes sense. Um, it could be, I mean, it could be double bladed. The only reason I say I don't think it will is because like that would make sense because it's a staff. Like she, but fights, it's, like, it's, a staff. she doesn't, she doesn't necessarily fight like a double bladed style right. though, with her yeah. staff. Like she holds her, she doesn't hold her staff like a bow. Like she holds her staff. She doesn't like, hold it in the middle. She holds it like, yeah. you know, at the ends. Like towards the edges. Yeah. So, or towards the end. But yeah, I think it might have a longer hilt maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing um, what that entails. And I do hope there's a little more of a time jump. I think we said that in the last Jedi episode. Uh, yeah. I think and there's maybe- a little more of a time jump. Give Poe a chance to take a nap. Because Let I don't think I don't think he slept. I don't think so since either. Since the beginning of the Force Awakens, and I hope that they pull. I don't remember uh, how this Clone Wars episode ends, but there's that episode where David Tennant voices the droid that helps the younglings build their or the Padawans build their lightsaber. Oh my god. Bring David Tennant back. Yes, I agree. I agree. To help Ray build her. Yeah, that's one. That is one um, conflict to have because I would love to see someone actually building their lightsaber. Because like we yeah. don't see Anna can do it, we don't see Luke do it. I would love to see that, but then I don't think there would be enough of like th- that. I think conflicts with the time difference, the time jump, or even like six months. Like it'll take her a while to figure out how to it's do it. Take her some time. I don't know what journey we're gonna see her on. I really, really have. No, no idea. idea where the next film is going to go. Like, it has to wrap up the story mm-hmm. finally, like for real, because we know that the next three films are not going to be Skywalker stories. Yeah. Although that doesn't mean that they're not going to be Ray stories. Yeah, yeah. And they have said specifically that we will see them again, these characters again after the, or yeah. the Princess trilogy is done. So, um, Assuming they'll survive. I mean, I mean, not that I think she will die. I don't think. I don't think they'll kill her. But I think like, they'll. They might kill Kylo Ren. Yeah. I hope. I could see something happening to either Finn or Poe, just because you know drama. But I yeah. don't. I I would hope not. I like them both. I think they'll kill Kylo Ren, and in my dream, we'll get a. This is never going to happen, but in my dream, we get a Force Ghost sequence where Anakin just is hitting him upside the back of the head. Over and over. You idiot. Yeah, I think also you want a Force Go sequence, sequence where Luke thrashes Yoda. Yes! Yeah. I gotta fight with my family about how much I hate Yoda. I know. That's what, like, everyone... And it's so funny, because I'm, I'm always like, you hate Yoda. And I'm like, you don't? I was like, but you... You're like, I don't. I, I'm like, but you do. I do. You do hate Yoda. I mean, you love I'm him so as we all love Yoda. But yes, you kind of, of hate, course. Yes. He's like a, like, I don't know, a parent. Like, but he makes you love mad. him, but he makes you really angry. He makes you really angry. He because makes you love bad him. decisions. Because you love him. Makes bad decisions. Um, okay, so should we move on to a... I'm doing yeah. kind of... I'm kind of handling the email side of it, and Preeti's ha- handling the Twitter side, so... Yes. Oh, are we doing a Twitter question? Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Are there... From Jolly Bengali... At Chuck Grubbs on Twitter. Are there any extended universe novels or whatnot that discuss the origins of the First Order or Snoke or even Ben Solo? If so, what are they? If not, do you guys know of any plans to have them? Um, Bloodline. Yes. 
discusses that's by Claudia Gray, and it's the kind of a Leia like post Force or pre Force Awakens like Leia book. It's about the birth of the Resistance. Um, not the First Order, but it does kind of go... There are shadows of the First Order all, over all of that. Um, so that's definitely one I'd recommend. And then uh, Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy kind of deals with the end of the Empire. Um, and it takes place about, I think it's like eight, nine months. It's basically about the Battle of Jakku, which kind of ended the conflict between the Rebellion and the Empire. It's about nine months after the last... or. Return of the Jedi. Um, and that series, that trilogy, it takes, it, it kind of deals with what happened to the remnants of the Empire, and the First Order is born from the remnants of the Empire. But other uh, than that. There's, there's no, I haven't heard of any plans to do Snoke or. I'm sure um, there are Benzilla, plans but I'm to do sure Snoke. they're coming. Yeah, it's just they keep these under so much under wraps. Like there are, as far as I know, besides the last Jedi novelization, no future Star Wars novels have been announced. But I know that they they're. I mean, of course, they're still in progress, like they're in development and being written. But they kind of tend to announce them like just a couple of months before they come yeah. out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that's coming. Mm-hmm. Whether it's novel or graphic, any sort of Mar- yeah, the comics are still thing. coming out. But um, I'm sure we're going to be getting more information about Snoke, even though, spoiler alert, his untimely death. Yes. Um, okay. Okay. So we've got um, I've got um, a question from Andy, who's at Hinterspace. Um, what fictional universe that you're a fan of would you like to most live in, and would your answer have been different when you were a kid? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Now, Hogwarts, <laughs> like a hundred percent would want to live like in, in, I mean, only if I was magical, like I don't want to live as a muggle in some garbage, like magical rumble. I don't get to do magic. Right, like no, no, thank you. Um, and when I was a kid, I mean, Harry Potter didn't start until I was like 14. Give me a second. You answer the question. Uh, mine would be the same for both um, current and kid, and that would be Star Trek. And specifically, I think if we're gonna have to, if you're making me be specific, Star Trek: The Next Generation, because as much as Deep Space Nine is my favorite, um, like it's my favorite Star Trek series, um, I don't want to live during the Dominion War. That seems terrible. Um, and then Voyager, I don't want to be stuck in the Delta Quadrant. And but I want all the like modern. I don't want the original series or Enterprise because I want the conveniences or Discovery because I want the conveniences of like replicators and holodecks. So basically, I just want the bright, shiny, clean of Star Trek: The Next Generation without that having to deal sense. with like the war and the grittiness and like being like seventy thousand light years from home. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So I think as an adult, I would say Hogwarts because you get magic, but I also can still have TV and computers. Yeah. Yeah. And as a child, it was probably under the sea as a mermaid. Like Ariel, like a little No, mermaid? no, wait, I take it back. I think as a kid it would have been Never Never Land. Oh yeah, okay. So you'd want yeah. to be like a lost boy except a girl, or would you want to be like yeah. Tiger Lily? Oh no, I would be I would be or like a lost Tinkerbell. boy. Okay. Or Tinkerbell. No, nah, it's too much relying on like people to believe in me. Okay, uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot that's a lot of pressure. Okay. Okay, uh, from Twitter, 
All right. This is Ludibrium Ventus, which is also the at handle. Yeah. This is a lot. And this is mostly for you because okay. I don't think I can even name all the movies. Oh, God. On a scale to 1 to 14 oh, with God. an asterisk. Oh, God. How would you rank the Star Trek films? Okay. Okay. That's These include one. Galaxy Quest. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, that's a hard one. Okay. So I think Wrath of Khan is my favorite because it's Wrath of Khan. Um, Let's just be top five, maybe. Um, right? Okay. Yeah. That's like, fair. So I mean, it's, many. it's it's pretty easy once. You, like the thing is, I cannot compare the new Star Treks to the old ones, like the Kelvin verse, um, the J.J. Abrams ones, because I don't think they're the same franchise. Like I love Whoa, right? I love the new Star Trek movies, but J.J. Abrams made Star Trek popular by turning it into Star Wars. I do not that's have a problem true. with that. I will make clear. I don't like. I don't have a problem with that, but I don't think you can. You, you can really compare the two. I think right. they're just different. Never movies. mind. Just do them all. I take it back. Okay, let's do. Um, and I think Galaxy Quest is the best Star Trek movie. I don't. I think. <laughs> I think that that's that's fair. So then it's um, Wrath of Khan, Undiscovered Country, uh, Voyage Home. I like A Search for Spock a lot because Spock is my favorite character. Um, so I'm gonna put that next, even though everyone hates that movie, and I understand why. Um, <laughs> then first. No, First Contact would be above A Voyage Home. So First Contact, A Voyage Home, um, Search for Spock, Generations, um, <laughs> Insurrection, Nemesis, The Motion Picture, Final Frontier. I think that's all of them. I don't think I forgot any. Okay, all right. Done. Done. Um, okay, so there's like a bunch. So this is from Megan, and there's a bunch of questions in here. So I'm just, we'll just do them really fast. Okay. What was your favorite Star Wars episode to review in terms of not your favorite Star Wars, but the favorite one to have our Daisy Geek Girls discussions about? Uh, for me, it was Revenge of the Sith. Same, actually. Yeah, Revenge of the that Sith. That episode was so good. I think because we got to go into lore in a way that we don't and talk about a movie that not a lot of people talk about positively, but we found a lot of positive things in, which is, I think, what we want to do with this podcast overall. Yes. What's something you haven't watched or read that you hope to get to see and read next year and talk about? Oh. Uh, Dark Crystal I mean, for me. Oh, yay. Yes. That's exciting because for me. Because I think the show is coming out next year, too. It is. Um, for me, well, I mean, I'm excited to see a Wrinkle in Time movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be really fun to talk about. Um, and I think we will be doing a standal, or no, we will be doing a segment on that. A segment on it, for sure. Yeah. Because it's one of our Patreon things. Um, okay, your top Bollywood crash course of movies for beginners. Oh, um, God. My my number one recommendation is Ye Jivani He Diwani. That's a good one. Um, which is a Karan Johar movie, and it's Deepika Parakone, and it's incredible. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. Um, I would say Dil Vale Dil Hani Ale Jange. That's uh, also a very good one. It's old you, school. It, it's, it's the longest running Indian film of all time. It stars uh, Shah Rukh Khan and Kajal, who are basically the Bollywood version of Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Yeah. Um, they are, it's, it's the epitome of what Bollywood is. Um, that's, that's the one. That's the one to watch. Um, okay, biggest geek disappointment and biggest surprisingly awesome geek thing of 2017. 
biggest geek disappointment. Honestly, I was, for me, is the reaction to Star Wars and how terrible uh, people are being to other people. Like, it just, uh, it's made me not, I haven't stopped talking about that film online. That's the biggest disappointment, obviously, because people are being terrible to other people about, like, if you liked it, great. If you didn't, that's okay. But, like, stop being terrible to each other. Like, I know. And stop being terrible to, like, people, The what people are saying to, like, Mark Hamill and Ryan Johnson on Twitter. It's awful Uh, it's unnecessary like it's a movie we get it like art matters but yo yeah yeah pull it back um um i think my biggest disappointment is actually that this i don't know why this is the only thing i can think of right now and maybe this isn't if i really like sat down and had a minute to go through yeah. all the stuff that happened in 2017 but for some reason uh it's valerian I didn't even see it. Yeah, but, but I just, just remember. I wanted it to be good. It, it looked the trailer looked so fun, and then the incredibly like just like bad reviews. And I really like Dane DeHaan. Yeah, uh, I was kind of looking forward to seeing him kind of come out as like a bigger name. Mm-hmm. But that just bummed me out, man. I was like so ready for that movie to be awesome, and then. It just it just sucks that like you know it's something like what happened to uh, what's to say from Friday Night Lights Taylor Kitsch yeah. with John Carter yeah where it just like kind of ruined his career for several years and I hope that doesn't happen to Dane uh, who had a few missteps this year so that kind of bummed me out what was yeah. the other part of this question surprisingly or- awesome. Oh, surprisingly awesome. I think mine would be Wonder Woman because I was so, after the DC run, I was so afraid that movie was going to be bad. I was so afraid it was going to be bad and it was not. And I'm so, I was so surprised and happy by that. Um, it was, I, how was yours not Spider-Man? Well, that wasn't a surprise. Really? After all the terrible Spider-Mans? No, I would have said before Captain America, they nailed that character in Captain America Civil War mm-hmm. so well for me that, yeah, that I wasn't sense. surprised by how much I liked Homecoming. Um, in terms of surprises, I guess sort of a little bit Thor Ragnarok. And not oh, because yeah. I didn't have faith in Taiko Waititi, but because Thor The Dark World was such a disappointment to I me. I loved it. I know you did. I did. I'm sorry. I know. I know. But to me, I know it's terrible. I know it's a terrible movie. That the fact that they could pull me in to like caring about Thor, because like I like Thor, but I don't really care about Thor, was a big surprise to me. Yeah. Um, Okay. Are you still watching Riverdale? No, uh, sort of. Yeah. Same sort of. I watched the first season. I haven't. When the second season is on Netflix, I'll watch it. Yeah. Same. I just, I don't have time to keep up with it in real time, unfortunately. And I don't like to, I either like to be on top of it or not watch and binge it. So I'm waiting for it to get on the Netflix. And then finally, geek news you hope to hear or see next year. Oh. Mine is, I would like another Star Trek show. Like, I mean, (laughs) I I think this one is doing well enough to where they, they could conceivably have another, like be working on another one. And I would really... Or at least the news that they're working on it. I don't have to see it in 2018, obviously, but just like. I want a YA 
Cassian Andor movie or uh, book. Yeah, that would and be sweet. And I want sweet. one where he meets Leia, and I want them to interact. Yeah, that's sweet. I would. That's that. what I want. I, I want someone like to write that book. Um. Okay. Twitter. That's all Next. these questions. Uh, Priya asked, "Do you know any online?" writing group for female Daisy script writers. Um, I do not. I do not either. But I think you should follow Sujata Day on mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah. Um, she's an Indian American woman who acts on, um, oh my God. I the, raised. Insecure. Show. Yeah. Insecure. And I know that she does a lot of work in terms of, creating those stories and wanting to build that sort of community. Um, okay. So we've got Sam, Sam Suvak, who, um, we know through Twitter and, um, okay, let's see video games. Sam wants to know, she asked, we don't talk about much about video games. Um, are you, you both have mentioned Zelda breath of the wild, but there are other games or types of games that you love. I am a big fan of RPGs, so yes, Same. Zelda. But yeah. but I love I love Nintendo. Yeah, I'm a big Nintendo girl. But beyond that, I really enjoyed. Um, I haven't started playing the new chapter yet, but uh, Life is Strange on the PlayStation, mm-hmm. which won. It was a big indie game. The first chapter that came out, not this past year, but year before, and you kind of follow this girl, uh, her story. And you can make it's it's sort of like a choose your own adventure because she can turn back time and you can make different decisions that changes how the story goes. Um, and I think that just released for iOS. Like I think oh, I remember really? us talking about it in Engadget Slack. Um, awesome. Um, but I have that for X. So I am a PS2 girl. Like I loved the I love the PlayStation. I love the games, but I just don't game enough to justify having one. So my husband has an Xbox One, and it's terrible but i sometimes will steal the controller and play it um so i have like he actually bought life is strange for me and i never played it um but yeah i'm terrible at first person shooters so i don't play those generally i love mass effect though um i i like i can't even talk about that game because i love it so much and um i i adore mass effect um i love the star wars knights of the old republic games uh, Final Fantasy is like my like yes. was back in the day, not now. It was like my life, but I own all the games. I have played like the newer incarnations for like you know a couple of hours just because the, it's different now. But Final Fantasy ten and seven, oh my god, I love them, and I absolutely I'm really enjoying the Nintendo Switch. I am just still playing Zelda because it's so good, and there's so much to do. I, I know I never want it to end, right? But like, I've been playing I have, that game like since March. I know, but I have like they still have a lot more to do. It's not like I'm just like drawing. There's so much to do in this game. It's so good, but um, yeah, RPGs generally, um, I I really love. And um, Sam also says, since this, is, yeah. since this is established by Luke's projection that you can change your appearance in Force Projections, what are the odds that Kylo Ren buffed himself up a bit in his shirtless projection to Ray? <laughs> 100%. I absolutely think that's what he did. Um, oh, yeah. I, 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 100%. It didn't occur to me, but I say I'm your genius, and I absolutely think that. I agree. Right. <laughs> okay, and then Sam has one other question, 
which is what times oh this is a good one what types of fan fiction have you written and is there any chance any of it would ever be made available to patrons no Preeti, what kind of no Preeti, what kind of fan fiction have you written hmm <laughs> she's coughing laughing right now okay i'll go first i've only ever written i i've never told anybody like literally except Preeti and my husband that's so like <laughs> this is a big deal i've only ever written one kind of fan fiction and it was self-insert star trek the next generation fan fiction in um like when i was in middle school it doesn't even exist anymore so there's like i was written longhand in a notebook um, it was never published anywhere, and I love it there's so much. No chance it can be available, made available to patrons because I do not have it anymore. But I did learn the Vulcan language for <laughs> this, and wrote part. I do remember I wrote. I have. I had like. I learned the Vulcan alphabet and wrote part of my fan fiction in Vulcan. So that is. That's amazing. That is that is my oh fanfiction story. I don't have I'm just I'm not a fanfiction like since after I did not read fanfiction growing up. I I'm not really involved in fanfiction now. I have read like three pieces of fanfiction in my life. Um it's not a big thing for me, but um, Oh my god, I love fanfic I so much. Crazy. I was laughing. I'm sorry. I was laughing and coughing so hard. I'm like crying. Tell me about your family. I, I, oh, I, I know this story and it's so good. No, there's so, it's so, there's so much. It's, I have been in fandom in a, for a really long time, but my fandom started with the Backstreet Boys. And so when I was like a young tween and teen, I wrote Backstreet Boys fanfic. And no, it is not available anywhere. Ever, thank God, thank God, because it's so embarrassing. I'm really sad that it is not available anywhere. Thank God it's not available anywhere. Like, thank God. I thank God every day that GeoCities went defunct. Sad. Um. So that's not anywhere. Uh, And then some Naruto. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was all of what I wrote. Um, I didn't really write anything else. I like reading like Harry Potter fanfic and like I like reading good fanfic. And there is some good That's fanfic. What I've out heard. There. It's just it, I just you, I. It's not like I it's, know. I for like my where where my head goes is is if it's not canon, why do I care? Well, I think because what comes out of fanfic that's so interesting for me is it's not always just because you want the fulfillment of a ship or, like, whatever. People do really interesting character studies mm-hmm. in fanfic. Which I think I'd be more interested in writing that. I think so much of the discourse around fanfiction is about shipping. And because yeah, it's but not it doesn't my thing. Yeah, we should do an episode on fanfic, honestly. I know, because it could be fascinating. Because also in fanfic, what you saw a lot of was, like, interesting use of style. Yeah. Like, there's some people who came out of fanfiction to write, who are novelists and who are, like, what we say are professional writers yeah um but in fanfic you saw like i remember reading fics that were done entirely in text messages or done entirely in these like um 50 50 sentence prompts it was just like fascinating the way people could tell story through different modes digitally and so we should do a fandom swap where, like, you have yeah. some of your favorite fanfic. I would like, I would be, I would, it's something I'm really interested in, but I don't also want to treat it as, like, 
I am going in to explore this weird world because people, you know what I mean? Like it's very, yeah. uh, it can be very othering people who don't, yeah, and you know, and not, I don't want to do that. Cool. Um, the one piece of fanfic I have read as an adult that I absolutely loved, it's the only fanfiction I could think of that I've read, but it was a, it was a Petunia Dursley fanfiction about basically what if she was a decent human being? Oh my God. I've and read I, it and it's friggin' heartbreaking. I cry. Like I've read it it's like so 10 good. times and I cry. I'll, I'll find oh, it and link so to good. it in the show notes. I cry every time. And it's just like, basically like what if she had just like embraced her nephew and not been like a terrible person and, like, it would have been so easy, like, not so easy, I don't want to make it like that, but it would just, it would have, like, what would the story have been like if she had been a decent person? Oh, it's, and it's so, so good. good. There's so much good, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, there's so much good fanfic out of Harry Potter, like, I can't handle it. It's like, there's something, it's just, it's so good. And there's, there's just, like, it will move you in a way. And it's so interesting because fanfic, the conversation now is so funny to me because, like, all these extended use Star Wars novels, the only reason they're not fanfic is because they're like licensed. They're Disney yeah, licensed. Exactly. Right? Like it is like so now the Legends, Star Wars Legends books are basically, basically fanfic. And I, I feel like a lot of like new writers tomorrow like the Marvel people writing characters that they've been they've they've yeah. people are writing Marvel characters that they've been fans of since they were like fifteen. That's basically professional fanfic. Yes. So it's it's just funny because there's like fanfic is just taking the character you love and like putting them in a situation that you want them to be in. Coffee um, shop AUs are my freaking favorite. But like and I feel like that doesn't no. get the attention. No, it doesn't because it's it's I the conversation has ex, like excelled a little bit. Like it's no longer where you're like, "Ugh, fanfic." Yeah. Now people recognize the like merits of it, which is nice. But it is still seen as, like, this less than other thing. Right, and, and it's it also shouldn't. focused so much on, like, oh, it's just because, like, you want to write weird sexual stories about... Which, which like, no. I mean, some of it, sure, but sure. that's not what fan fiction is. And so, anyway, it's yeah, we should, do a, we should do an episode on that next year. Um, but, okay, so... But, no, you'll never read any of it. We are... <laughs> ever. Um, we are out of email questions, so... You wanna, oh well, there's one more. One more came in right under the wire that we can like get to in a second. But oh, um, um, Robin asked on Twitter, um, "What are your feelings on the solo Han Solo movie?" And oh, right, yes, that's a resounding meh. Eh, yeah, whatever. Like, I think it's going to be the Ant Man of Star Wars. Like, I think it'll do fine. Like, yeah, Star Wars. yeah, yeah, yeah. People will yeah. go see it. Um, people won't see it multiple. Like, part of the reason that the box office draws for TLJ and. At TFA and all that are so high is because people will go see it five times. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to happen with Solo. I think it'll do fine. I don't think it'll bomb because it's a Star Wars movie, but I think it's not going to do like it's not going to break any records and it'll be fine. Yeah, I think, I it'll, think, it'll, I think I, it'll be I a fine movie in terms of watching too. Like it's Lucasfilm, they're going to make it watchable. I don't think I'm going to love it, but it, it's, it's fine. It's not going to be groundbreaking or groundbreaking. Yeah, if I speak or. Uh, I don't think it'll pull the level of conversation that The Last Jedi has inspired. Or or even Rogue One. Or even Rogue One, but I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Sam, also Sam Suvek on Twitter, asked, if you could be BFFs with any fictional character, who would it be? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say... Okay. My gut instinct mm-hmm. is to say Harry Potter. 
Mm-hmm. But that also seems like a bad decision mm-hmm. because Harry's friends always get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. But they also have a lot of fun. Um, uh, I feel like there are other people, though, that, that I, I would want to be best friends with. Like Meg Murray. Murray? Meg Murray from her Oh, Meg Murray. I thought you said like Murray, and I was like, who's Murray? Like Murray. Yeah, Meg you Murray. Know, Murray. Meg Murray. Um, I'm like trying to. I'm like, oh, my, Jughead Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jughead. Not Riverdale Jughead Jones. Comics Jughead, yeah, Jughead yeah. Jones. I feel like Riverdale Jughead Jones is just like a little too angsty for me. Kamala. Kamala Khan. I would oh, love, uh, obvious. I would love Kamala to be best friends. friends with her. Yes. I keep going back to Data, but oh. I think it's because I've been on a Star Trek. I would love to be I best know. friends with Data, but I, I'm trying to be a little more creative than that. Um, Peter Parker. Oh, yeah. Well, psh. Obviously. Yeah. And Miles. Miles is too cool for me. <laughs> he would be like, you're kind of annoying. And I'd be like, you're right. I am. Um, and then Heather asked us on Twitter how we are so cool. And Which, that we're not. We're not. We're not cool at all. Um, we're and, just unabashed about what we like. Yeah, <laughs> really, that is it. Um, and that's, I think, is that everything? Nope. Nope. Um, Dave on Twitter asked, all right, Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac is better looking than Deuce Ex Machina, Oscar Isaac, Yes, but I'm in awe of E-M-O-I, oh, Ex Machina, Oscar Isaac's righteous beard. Yeah. John Boyega is just plain fire emoji, and Daisy Ridley is entirely heart eyes emoji twice. Discuss. That's all true. Yeah, I I was going to say I agree with all of that. Um, Daisy Ridley's smile. I wish she got to smile more as Ray because her smile is fantastic. It's it's so cute. And and he didn't mention Rose Tico, but, you know, Kelly Marie Tran is... is, This is not me telling Ray to smile more, by the way. Just just to... It's just I wish, like, her character was written to be... Like, you know, she's she goes through some terrible stuff. Like, she I, and she has a terrible past. I, I would love to see her, like, in a moment of unbridled joy. Um, but Kelly Marie Tran is, I would like to also be best friends eyes. with yeah. Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, just Kelly Marie Tran. I would love to be not, best friends with her. Not, I mean, Rose Tico I would take as well, but I want to be best friends with Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. Um, we did get an email question. Okay. Uh, that came in, I think, five minutes before we started recording. Uh, I'm in elementary school. This comes from Liz. Um, I'm an elementary school ESL teacher in the Bronx, and I'm always on the hunt for good books for my language learners. A lot of my kids are way behind their peers in reading, and some are just beginning to learn, so fostering a love of books and reading is a challenge. Any recommendations you have for awesome geeky children's books or early readers or not-too-dense comics and graphic novels would be much appreciated. Thanks. Um, I think comics are a great choice for this. Yes. Um, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave more of this to Preeti because this is kind of what you do. Um, I would say that the elephant and piggy readers are excellent. Um, from Mo Willems, they're funny, they're simple. Uh, they are very much early readers, but they are still so clever that I think as an adult reading them aloud, you'll continue to get a kick out of them, which is also really important yeah. when you have yeah. to read a book a thousand times. 
Um, in terms of comics, I think Captain Underpants. It's not Captain it's not, Underpants. It's not comic, yes. but it's um, but it's graphic. It's yeah. illustrated. Um, yes, I agree. And his uh, he also has a Dave Pilkey who does Captain Underpants also has a series called Dog Man um, and a caveman series called Oak and Gluck. And they're all kind of like funny and silly and just, you know, they've got some like kind of crude humor, but kids love that. And so I would definitely recommend that as well. And then in terms of uh, some other comics that are a little more, a little more um, accelerated, uh, I would say the Bone series from Jeff Smith is one that has a really, really compelling storyline um, that would be great read-alouds, actually, for these kids. Um, so those are just a few. Uh, there are definitely some like early reader lines to check out. You can also get early licensed early readers that kids tend to really like, like uh, you'll find Marvel early readers with and I think they're doing their characters. They're doing Star Wars. I think IDW they is doing have, some kids yeah, they, Star Wars comics they now, right? Star Wars stuff. Oh, the Jeffrey Brown uh, and yeah. Jared Jashka um, Jedi Academy books are great. They're really, really fun. Um, yeah, I think licensed is actually a really great way to go because it, it keeps kids engaged with characters they already know. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, which is really fun. Um, yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, those are those are just some light recommendations. Uh, the last thing, Nancy would just like us to talk oh, yes. about handsome Mark Hamill is some more. Um, um, I don't Mark think- Hamill is so handsome that... I don't even know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I think about him, and I'm like, I don't even speechless. know. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, my God. No, um, both of Preeti and I have the same, like, phone background, which is, like, Mark. Like, it's a promotional picture of Mark from, uh, I guess it would be Empire. Oh, my God. He's, you know, he's so good looking. Like, this has been my phone background since, like, pre The Force Awakens, and I don't think I will ever change it. No. It's so good. He's so good looking. Although my phone background right now is Mark Hamill with us. Yes. Well, because, I mean, because it should that be. just makes me happy every day. I, but I thought, okay, let, let me rephrase. Let, let me clarify. My phone background, I think, will always be Mark Hamill. Yes. It may just be a different iteration of Mark Hamill. For example, when, when we finally get like photographs from The Last Jedi, my phone background might change to. Oh, to, to, to. Oh my God. I'm not going to know. To Mark Hamill in his. Uh, with his. In the Kylo Ren battle. Yeah. Ay, Dios mio. Oh, my God. He's so good He's looking. just so handsome. He's just the most handsome in that movie. Like, he is so good looking. He's so handsome. Um, Oscar Isaac, I'm sorry, but you don't win this one. You win you most. Don't. You win most, but you don't win this one. Um, okay. I think that's it. Is I think that, that is it that for is, our question. I, and we did, I, I think we did, if we, if you, we did not answer your question, it's because we did not get it somehow, because um, I think we did answer every question we got. Yeah, so if we didn't, shoot us a note, and we'll see. We'll see if we can get to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but generally, we'll try to do this, I guess, I think once a year, and so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so last, last what we're into for the year. I'm so bad. You go first. Okay, so um, I'm watching the Amazon TV series Bosch, which is based on books by Michael Connolly that I have read, um, and they 
feature a detective named Harry Bosch. And I've been wanting to watch this series for a very long time, but it has not been easy for people subscribing to Amazon to watch Amazon stuff on their Apple TVs because Amazon and Apple and big companies are just garbage. So now you can now, but now there is an app. So I've been kind of perusing what is available on Amazon, and I've been wanting to wa- read watch Bosch for a while because I really like Titus Welliver, who is plays Bosch, and um, the series is so good. Um, I I think we're six or eight episodes into the first season, and it takes a lot. Part of the reason I'm so garbage at TV is because my husband is very picky about what like what he'll watch, and a lot of times like weeknights are when I watch TV and that is also the only time I get to spend with him um so I mean we spend we can spend weekends together but usually we do our own thing um but so like weeknights is and that's when I watch TV because like weekends I'll read so yeah if he doesn't like it I'm it's hard for me to watch so anyway he loves it and I love it and it's so good and if if it makes you if you care like I was like watching an episode and I was like the the the, tele, the 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 script is really like really well written and that was because the teleplay was by Michael Connolly who wrote the books and George Pelicanos who is also an amazing mystery author but also did the wire so that is mm, so that makes sense it's less gritty i think than the wire i have not watched the wire actually but it's less gritty than the wire i would i think but it's um very good okay what are you into uh so since i've been sick i've been watching a lot of garbage television understandably um, I watched the entire eighth season of MasterChef, which I have never seen in like two days. I love reality TV where it's about people being good at something. Yeah, I agree. I, I you know, like, and I usually, I've watched MasterChef Junior because I also like reality TV where people are good at things and then they're nice to each yeah, other. Yeah, that's, I've actually kind of wanted to watch MasterChef Junior because I've heard Gordon it's Ramsay is so, so sweet. so sweet. So this was all inspired because I saw a Tumblr post about Gordon Ramsay and what a great dude he is because one of the characters, one of the contestants on MasterChef in this past season is this like 19 year old kid who um, was like a server at Chipotle when he got cast on the show and he like his dream was like to go to culinary school and he made top 10 but didn't make it into like super far far in the show past that and on his last episode Gordon Ramsay was like I'm sending you to culinary school I'm taking care of your parents and I was like god which like like, that's not the reputation you get from Gordon Ramsay like or that's not like because he's he you his like reputation I think in in terms of people who don't know anything about him is that he like yells a lot you know that he's he's also idiot sandwich guy but he's also a good guy but he's also a good guy, turns out. And so I was, like, watching and crying. So I watched all of that. I watched these, like, toy documentaries on Netflix. Yeah, I saw uh, you doing that about, like, fake Star Wars toys. I mean, on, on, net, on, on like, Twitter, not like I have a, like, I watch. Yeah, so I'm watches me watch TV sometimes. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's this um, toy documentary on Netflix that is a series of episodes that go into specific toys and of course I didn't write down the name of it um did I delete the thing I did uh we'll put in the show notes because I'm not gonna look it up right now yeah but it's uh the first episode is all about Star Wars toys the second episode that I watched was about Barbie and they were just both like it goes into the history of it and like you know Star Wars is bananas because it was talking about how like nobody wanted the license before the movie came out. And so they went to this tiny toy production company in like Ohio named Kenner. And that's how they got it. And they had this amazing deal where 
because like no one wanted this license. Kenner got a deal where it was like they got 95 cents of every dollar spent on Star Wars toy and Lucas and Fox had to split five cents. And that deal was in perpetuity forever. As long as they gave, uh, Lucas slash Fox $10,000 a year, which is nothing. That's nothing. And then they let that deal fall by the wayside and had to renegotiate when um, Hasbro came in and bought Kenner. And I was like, how do you lose that deal? I mean, I get it. It's like the 80s. Everyone thought Star Wars was done. Lucas said Star Wars was done. But I was like, you lose a license that you could have. Oh, it's so bananas to me. But it's like fascinating. Um, And then the last thing was I'm like catching up on Supernatural, which I don't know if I've talked about Supernatural on the show before. I don't know. But I've been watching Supernatural. Yeah. I mean, I know for like 10 years. Yeah. Um. And I tend to, like, not watch and then binge the seasons as they get on Netflix because I recognize that Supernatural has a lot of issues in terms of representation and all these things. But, but like, but I love it. It's ridiculous how the Winchester boys just keep getting into trouble. And somehow they've, like, gotten past having to fight God and it's still going and it's they're in their 13th season and it's going to go, I'm convinced until Jensen Ackles and um, Jared Padalecki die because I don't think they're ever going to want to stop doing it they just like they seem to really enjoy it they just which is why I think I like watching it because you can tell they're having a good time doing it yeah like their voices their the octaves of their voices have gotten ridiculously lower and lower as the seasons have got on the like they jumped the shark like eight years ago easy but it's still really fun to watch. And like, there's a spinoff series coming in the spring, I think called wayward sisters, mm-hmm. which I'm excited about because the show does not have a great tradition. Yeah. I might pick female that representation. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be interesting. Um, and that's it. And that's it. Okay. So that's our episode. That is our year. So, um, I hope everyone, if you're listening to this before the new year, have a great new year. Um, have and- a great new year. In terms of Patreon, thank you to I Ben and Very Smelly, Fazia and Anne Marie at the $10 level, and Martha, Brandy, Rahul, Sam, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, and Gayatri at the $5 level. You can find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls. I'm at Run with Skizzers. And I am at S. Krishna. Thank you guys for making this year amazing for us and for this listening. This is the best, let me just say, I've said this on Twitter, but this was the best thing about my year. Um, yes, Daisy same. Girls. So, um, thank you. And that that wouldn't be. I mean, we wouldn't if people weren't interested. I don't know that we would. We would still do it because we do it as much f- for ourselves as we do it for all of you. But um, if people weren't, I don't think we would be motivated to do things like you know finding guests for you know doing extra episodes, finding guests for ex- extra episodes, stuff like that. Um, In the new year, few- you can look forward to Lord of the Rings. Starter Lord of the Fellowship of the Ring in January. So. And then we'll see where it goes. Um, Please rate us on iTunes. Presumably it helps people find the show. And otherwise, we'll see See you you in in hell. hell.